Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ever thought about owning a piece of history? Introducing the Newt Gingrich Contract with America coin from Legacy Precious Metals. My limited edition silver coin celebrates the historic Republican victory in 1994, marking a turning point in American politics. Give a gift with real historical weight this season. Order now at NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. That's NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. On this episode of Newt's World, first... I want to wish you and your family a very happy Thanksgiving. We're celebrating our national Thanksgiving holiday this year by talking about a topic that I think is fun and entertaining, and that is the history of the presidential turkey pardon and how turkeys get to the White House. When did this annual tradition begin? Who was the first president to officially pardon a turkey? What happens to the two turkeys who are pardoned, and where do they end up? Here to talk about the history of the Presidential Turkey Pardon, I'm really pleased to welcome my guest, Joel Brandenberger, President and CEO of the National Turkey Federation. Joel, welcome. Thank you for joining me on Newt's World. Thank you. appreciate it, and happy Thanksgiving to you all as well. Now, I'm curious, from a turkey standpoint, this has got to be the peak moment of the year, I would assume. It is certainly the one that has the most logistical challenges, but it's a lot of fun. We enjoyed it. I've been to 30 of these now, and it is never boring. It is always exciting, and today was no exception. Full disclosure here for a second. I understand that you and my wife, Callista, served on the Agriculture Committee in the House together. We may have very briefly, but I really got to know her when I was doing the day-to-day lobbying for this organization, and and she was the chief clerk of the committee. She remembers very fondly the relationship with the National Turkey Federation. That's one of the things about the Ag Committee is it's actually, in a sense, a happy committee because it's dealing with opportunities to eat. Exactly. So now you've actually spent 33 years with the Federation, including 17 years as president and CEO. That's really a pretty remarkable contribution to something which is annually one of our major industries. What drew you to be Director of Public Affairs and to work on the Turkey Federation's business? I've been working on Capitol Hill, of course, as we just mentioned. And as you know better than anyone, the hours there are not particularly predictable. I had a young son wanted to spend more time with, and so I was looking for something off the hill. And a friend who also went to Texas Tech, as I did, 
mentioned this to me and said it was a good opportunity, a lot of room to grow the program. And so I gave it a shot. And what I discovered very quickly is the members are phenomenal. Not every trade association can say that they've got members that are really, truly supportive, that where the members who compete fiercely in the marketplace work collaboratively on public policy and marketing issues together. It was a really, really good environment. And I have a lot of friends at other trade associations. And while they may enjoy their jobs, I've heard tales that we just don't hear here over at this place. We've got such supportive members. That's what kept me around. How many turkeys a year are there in the United States? It varies, but last year, and last year was an unusual year because we had a pretty significant outbreak of highly pathogenic avian influenza. So last year, the total was about 210 million turkeys. Normal year, it's more like 225 million or so, and that produces about five and a half billion pounds of ready-to-cook turkey meat. When you see wild turkeys, they're really very different. They tend to be smaller, leaner. We've really grown turkeys that are designed for that Thanksgiving or Christmas table. Absolutely. Years ago, the industry started breeding only for white feathers because there's nothing wrong with the dark feathers, but they left splotches on the skin that the consumers apparently didn't like. And then the other thing is we are big consumers of white meat in the United States. So they bred the turkeys to produce a bit more breast meat. I have to confess, I don't know what it says about me, but I have always probably since I was seven or eight years old, I have always cherished getting a turkey leg. Same here. Nothing better. You know, and then despite Calista staring at me, I like to pick it up because I think that they're designed to be picked up. Nothing much good happens when you try it with a knife and fork. That's exactly right. So you and I are on the same team here. The story that the presidential pardoning actually began when Abraham Lincoln's son, Tad Lincoln, begged his father to spare the life of what was then a Christmas turkey. And apparently, Tad turned it into a pet and would walk around, call him Jack, and let him around on a leash like a pet. I mean, is that a true story? Well, it is the earliest example that anyone has found. And a couple of different White Houses have had their staff research it, and they've come up with the same answer. And that's the earliest we can find anything related to a holiday turkey and sparing it. I think there have been a few other instances of turkeys being given as gifts before that, but the ceremonies we know it today actually just dates back to 1947. What happens in 47 that begins this tradition? Realistically, some of that's been lost to the mists of time, and I wish whoever was here in 1947 had, had told a little bit more about it. But there were a couple of things. If you think back to the moment the country was just two years removed from the end of World War II, some of the rapid post-war inflation as the price and wage controls were lifted, and the country was beginning to return a little bit to something more like normality by 1947. There was a lot to be thankful for, I guess, in that circumstance. So that's when our forerunners at this organization apparently approached the president's team about giving a turkey as a symbolic gesture of the beginning of the holiday season, and they did, and it has happened almost without interruption ever since. I've found photographic evidence that in one or two years, the vice president stood in for the president. One from the 50s, you remember President Eisenhower had some heart trouble, and we've got a picture of Vice President Nixon standing in for him. And I've found a couple where First Lady stood in, one with Mrs. Nixon, one with Mrs. Ford. 
There seems to maybe not been a ceremony at the height of the Iran hostage crisis, but I know beginning with President Reagan in 1981, the event has happened unbroken a day or two before Thanksgiving, and President George H.W. Bush began the tradition of more officially pardoning the turkey. I noticed as a part of that process that President Kennedy got a turkey in 1963, which weighed 55 pounds. That's happened sometimes. They've gotten that big. That is an unusually large turkey. We generally seek to have the National Thanksgiving turkeys now weigh anywhere from 42 to 45 or 46 pounds. It's poignant because he got the turkey, received it in the Rose Garden, said, we're going to just let this one keep growing. It's our Thanksgiving present to him. And three days later, he was killed in Dallas. There's a certain poignancy to that story. That's true. I had an opportunity early on when I worked here to talk with the gentleman who was chairman that year. It was a grower from California. And he and his wife had driven out and were driving back. And he had remembered talking to President Kennedy in the Rose Garden about the trip to Texas that he was about to embark on. And of course, they heard the news on the radio driving back. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I've always been a strong believer in the importance of investing wisely. That's why I've personally invested in Legacy Precious Metals. At Legacy Precious Metals, They're not leaving your financial future to chance. They're on a mission to help you secure your financial future post-retirement. In partnership with them, I'm thrilled to announce the launch of the Newt Gingrich contract with America Coin. This limited edition coin is made of one ounce of 99.99% fine silver, commemorating the historic moment when, against all odds, we balanced the budget for the last time in U.S. history. This coin isn't just an investment. It's a piece of our nation's history. And now you can own it. As the holiday season approaches, it's the perfect gift. You can purchase yours today by calling 866-484-4043. That's 866-484-4043. Or order online at NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. That's NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
What is the geography of raising turkeys? Where are the primary centers? You can find really three primary centers. Minnesota is our largest turkey producing state. Our chairman who presented the turkey today to President Biden is from Minnesota. And they raise in a normal year, north of 40 million turkeys. And there's a big pocket of production in the upper Midwest. Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, Indiana, have a notable amount of production. Ohio, excuse me, as well. Michigan has some, Illinois has some. So that's one pocket of production. The second biggest pocket probably is the mid-Atlantic down to the southeast. North Carolina is our second biggest state, but there's notable production in South Carolina, Virginia, and Pennsylvania, a little bit in Northern Maryland, but it supplies a Pennsylvania processor. And then there are a couple of outliers. There's a healthy industry in California. That's usually in our top six or so producing states. There's a major processor out there and then a couple of smaller, more specialty market processors. And then we've got a somewhat unique outlier in Utah. How much different is it to raise large numbers of turkeys than to raise large numbers of chickens? There are some differences. Most chickens are in their grow-out houses for six to seven weeks on average. Turkeys, a hen will grow 12, 14, maybe 15 weeks, and a heavy tongue could be in the barn for as long as 20 or 21 weeks. That's wild. So are they in sheds like chickens? Are turkeys grown similarly that way? Yes, they are. They're in very large grow-out houses, the vast majority of them, because it protects them from predators. It reduces the danger of diseases being introduced. These houses, maybe not quite as wide as a football field, but certainly as long as a football field. And the idea is for them to have ample room to move around, even as they grow. I've been in houses with turkeys that were nearly ready for market weight. And I always call it the Red Sea effect. They had plenty of room to move because when people would start walking through, they would literally part so the people could walk through. I'm almost sure Callista had the opportunity to tour one with us back in the 90s. She did. She's from Wisconsin, but she was more into the milk and cheese phase of Wisconsin than the turkey phase. She said it was a fascinating trip. It's different than what people expect when they go into the barns. They're very roomy. They've got constant access to feed and water. It's easy to dispense medication in there, either via the feed or the water if anything's needed. It's climate controlled. The shavings and the beddings are changed with each new flock that comes in. It's a very, very comfortable environment for the birds, and it helps protect them during their lives. And if I understand the length of time you're describing, they grow really fast. They do. I think the average turkey takes about two and a half pounds of feed per pound of turkey meat that's raised. So you take that out over the number of weeks necessary to get to the hen size, like I said, 14 pounds, maybe 16. And the hens are primarily what you eat at Thanksgiving. What you see is the whole turkeys. And then the toms are the ones that are grown for the various parts, ground turkey. If you find a leg in the grocery store, it probably came from there. It goes into sausage, into deli meat, etc. We tend to make sandwiches out of turkey. I'm gathering those are probably toms. Most likely, if you bought the deli meat, yes. In most instances, that would have come from toms. So now I have to ask you about this. The more I've gotten into looking at this, the more interesting it is. We were told that last year's president, Ronnie Parker of Circle S Ranch in Monroe, North Carolina, chose the turkeys chocolate and chip to be presented to the president, and that this actually starts by hatching around 30 eggs 
and actually training those birds to be handled, walked, and to stand on tables so they would behave appropriately at a presidential ceremony. Is that really true? It is absolutely true that poults are usually hatched and placed in late June or early July to get ready for the White House. And the reason why they get additional interaction is because a turkey's not used to being in the Rose Garden with the White House press corps there and all of this pomp and circumstance and military band playing around it. And so what almost all of our chairmen do is they increase the socialization of the birds by spending more time in the barns. They would be average sometimes. Some chairmen and their families have chose to hand feed them. They play music sometimes. They play crowd noises for them. They do a lot of things to get them ready so that they're comfortable when their big moment comes. These are pretty pampered turkeys by the time they get to the White House. They are. And the difference that socialization make was evident one year. This would have been around 1998, fairly late in President Clinton's term. Our chairman is from Minnesota, and they were going to fly the birds over commercially, and something got held up with the veterinary certificate. So at the very last minute, we had to source two breeder toms from Wisconsin, from Steve Gunderson's old district. So these toms got plucked from their barns where they were being breeders, put on a plane, and they were somewhat more unruly in the Rose Garden than the ones that had been socialized. It was fine. There wasn't an incident or anything, but to keep the one corral before it went up on the table was a much tougher task that year than in most. Now, the 2023 turkeys are both 20 weeks old. They weigh about 42 pounds each. They were hatched in July in Wilmer, Minnesota, as part of the presidential flock. I think this is all just great stuff. You then get them literally socialized into being ready for the Marine Corps band and for the news media and all the stuff. And over the years, as I said earlier, we were talking about chocolate and chip as two turkeys. But Reagan's turkey was named RJ, which was short for robust and juicy. George W. Bush named the turkeys Liberty and Freedom. Katie was the first female turkey pardon. That was in 2002 by President George W. Bush. And then George W. Bush started the process of voting on the turkeys' names on the White House website. Those names were named Stars and Stripes. Then we had biscuits and gravy. You can't make this stuff up. And then in 2005, they were named Marshmallow and Yam. And in 2006, they were named Flyer and Fryer. That's a little tough. In 2007... They were named May and Flower. And in 2008, the backup turkey, Pumpkin, was used for the ceremony after the primary turkey, Pecan, became ill. And finally, in 2017, the turkeys were named Drumstick and Wishbone. I mean, these things are really wild. Is it really true that the two finalist turkeys, when they get to Washington, stay at the Willard Intercontinental Hotel? They absolutely do. We've been staying with the Willard for probably about a decade now. And it is a wonderful ceremony. When the birds arrive, they're brought out of, they're carried in a cargo van. And they're brought out of the cargo van, set down on the red carpet, and they move up the red carpet till they get to the steps. And then at that point, we carry them up the steps and put them in large kennels to take them up to their room. And then they settle into the room Shortly after that. Do you keep them in the kennel or do they get to run around? The only time they're in the kennel cages is transporting to and from the hotel room and over to the White House. I mean, the Willard is a very high-end hotel. So you've got this high-end hotel room 
with two turkeys running around in it? Yes. So it's part of a two-room suite where whoever's minding the turkeys stays in the room next door. But the way it works is there's an entry hallway into the room. And when the turkeys are left alone, that entry hall, the back end of the entry hallway that goes into the bedroom area is blocked off and shavings are put down. And that's where the turkeys stay in the room alone. But a lot of news media come up and interview the turkeys. A lot of them want the turkeys put up on the beds to have photos shot on the beds. And it's really fun. A lot of fun. That's wild. Listen, I really want to thank you, Joel. And I think Calista would want to join me in thanking you. This has been one of our more fun podcasts, I have to tell you. I'm still fascinated with the image of the turkey running around in the Willard. It's been fascinating. It's a great example of kind of Americana that's remarkable. The National Turkey Federation is a national members organization devoted to raising America's turkeys. So everybody, as they sit down to enjoy their Thanksgiving Day feast and later on their Christmas feast, they ought to think of the National Turkey Federation and all the work they do to make sure that we have healthy turkeys, that they are nutritious, and that they meet all the standards we should have in modern society. I want to thank you, Joel, for sharing the turkey experience with us. Well, thank you for having me, and I hope you and Calista have a really happy Thanksgiving and a wonderful Christmas as well. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I've always been a strong believer in the importance of investing wisely. That's why I've personally invested in legacy precious metals. At Legacy Precious Metals, they're not leaving your financial future to chance. They're on a mission to help you secure your financial future post-retirement. In partnership with them, I'm thrilled to announce the launch of the Newt Gingrich contract with America Coin. This limited edition coin is made of one ounce of 99.99% fine silver, commemorating the historic moment when, against all odds, we balanced the budget for the last time in U.S. history. This coin isn't just an investment. It's a piece of our nation's history, and now you can own it. As the holiday season approaches, it's the perfect gift. You can purchase yours today by calling 866-484-4043. That's 866-484-4043, or order online at NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. That's NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80 join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer songwriter and composer John Batiste the all new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. 
Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. I want to take a few extra minutes to talk to you personally about Thanksgiving. And let me say, first of all, I hope that you and your family will have a wonderful Thanksgiving. It can be a great holiday. I look back on my own childhood. We used to always go up to Lewiston, Pennsylvania. I was born in Harrisburg. And we would go up the Juniata River for about 45 miles on a two-lane road. And we'd go to my aunt and uncle's. And you spend all day talking, watching football, smelling all the great smells, the turkey that was cooking, sweet potatoes, the various pies and cakes. You know, it was an amazing day when you were a little kid. That's all pretty exciting. I personally have always been a big fan of cranberries, and that was a big part of what I looked forward to. And I have to confess, as I said earlier to Joel, I always liked getting a turkey leg. I don't know, just to me, that was the best you could get to. But it was more than that. And I hope your Thanksgiving is more than that. It was being with family, with friends. It was thinking back over the last year. It was talking about what are our plans for next year. And we had a pretty large extended family. And so we had lots of different people coming from all over the place. Some came from Delaware. Some came from Cleveland, as well as the people from central Pennsylvania. And so it was just a remarkable thing. And of course, later on, as I grew up and had my own family, we'd have our own Thanksgiving experience and our own tradition. I hope this year, with all the tragic things going on in the world, with the fight in Gaza, with the problems in Ukraine, with the challenges we have here at home, I hope that you will be able to take some time to give thanks. Remember, George Washington had the first Thanksgiving proclamation, actually the first executive order ever issued, because he felt deeply that America could not exist without the intervention of divine providence, said so bluntly. And I think he wanted us to take a moment to stop, to give thanks to God for the lives we have, the freedom we have, the very nature of being an American. And that's frankly, I think, the spirit in which the Native Americans and the pilgrims got together back in 1621, the sense that they'd survived the winter, that they'd had a good harvest, that they had an opportunity to stop and enjoy life. And I hope that, like me, you'll take some time this Thanksgiving both to give thanks, but also to enjoy. Now, I will confess, I'm looking forward to a little bit of trepidation on Thanksgiving Day because Green Bay is playing the Lions, and Green Bay is beginning to gel as a very, very young team, but the Lions are very good. As a big Green Bay fan, I'm a little concerned that, you know, I may have to have an extra piece of pie or something if Green Bay doesn't win, just to compensate for the pain. But whatever you like doing, whatever your hobbies, however you deal with your own relatives, your friends, your neighbors, I hope you have a remarkably good Thanksgiving. And I hope you can reach out to other folks you know and encourage them and wish them a great Thanksgiving. This is a time for Americans to come together, put politics aside, put all the good reasons we have to argue with each other, and instead enjoy a day recognizing how good God has been to us and that we have an opportunity as Americans, 
unlike most people in the history of, of the human race, we have an opportunity to have a great future, to work together, and to give our children and grandchildren an even better country. And I hope in that tradition that you can dive into that turkey leg or whatever you like, and you can have a great dessert, and you can relax, and you think, you know, overall life is pretty good. And I wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you to my guest, Joel Brandenberger. You can learn more about the Presidential Turkey Pardon on our show page at newtsworld.com. Newtsworld is produced by Gingrich 360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Garnsey Sloan, and our researcher is Rachel Peterson. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Penley. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich 360. If you've been enjoying Newtsworld, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcasts and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. Right now, listeners of Newt's World can sign up for my three free weekly columns at gingrich360.com slash newsletter. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ever thought about owning a piece of history? Introducing the Newt Gingrich Contract with America coin from Legacy Precious Metals. My limited edition silver coin celebrates the historic Republican victory in 1994, marking a turning point in American politics. Give a gift with real historical weight this season. Order now at NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. That's NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today.